0: Check, check, David T. Miller,
1: folks. Loading artist, audio inside. Loading artist, audio inside. Oh, it's our it's our it's our Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair. Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care. Loading artist, audio inside. Loading artist, audio inside. So sit back and relax and grab your headphones too. Adjust your volume, it's hot cast. Philip J. Mellon welcomes you, so sit back. Oh, yeah, it's Artcast. Loading artist. Audio inside. Loading artist. Audio inside.
0: Hey, and welcome to Otcast. Be sure to check out the artist's websites, or otcast.com, and check out the work and links. Alright, let's get started. Words of the Day Layer Linen Weird Excavation And Alice Neal This episode's guest is Becky Yazdan a painter who splits her time between Brooklyn, New York and Maplewood, New Jersey. In our interview conversation, we talk show prep for her solo exhibition titled Aftermath at the Front Gallery in New York City with an opening reception Thursday, December 8, 2022 from six to 8 PM. And that's at 131 Christie Street, New York, New York. We also talk a bit about the early days in Becky's journey in art and the traditional methods of preparing her linen for use in her paintings, which provide a perfect surface for producing truly amazing layering techniques. And stay tuned for a rich glimpse into the content of the work as well. Also on the episode is a multi-part question submitted by previous ArtCast guest, Sarah Boyd Yoder. Thanks, Sarah. So listen in for more. Thanks. becky yes and welcome to podcast
2: thanks for having me
0: sure so where are you based out of
2: um so i am in i moved to maplewood new jersey a few years ago after uh maybe 20 years in brooklyn um uh, so now i'm yes yeah, so i'm in maplewood kind of half the time and then i'm in the city the other half of the time
0: yeah yeah cool uh how's the commute there
2: you know, it's not bad. It's only like if you're driving once you're through the Holland Tunnel, it's like 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, oh, from the city. Cool. So it's on the train, you know, 35 minutes to Penn Station. Um, so it's pretty seamless.
0: Cool. So you have a show coming up very soon i if do next, yeah. week.
2: <laughs> yeah, next week yeah next week yeah at the time
0: of recording it's next week but we'll we'll uh, see how close <laughs>
2: yeah it's um yeah we're hanging it tomorrow so i've yeah. been in this sort of i've been like just there's it's gonna be a lot of work so i'm just you know wiring wrapping kind of doing all of um all of that stuff to get everything ready to be transported tomorrow
0: oh cool now do you have uh, you said uh is there a lot of paintings in the show
2: yeah, it's, it's, um, I mean, I'm, i yeah, I'm trying to, it's great. Cause I can finally show a bunch of big work. Okay. Um, normally I end up, you know, doing group shows or two or three person shows. So it's, it's kind of medium to smaller work. So I've got some big guys in this one. Um, I mean, it'll probably be 20 paintings, maybe, you know, maybe more if I, depending on how much, um, how many smaller pieces I put in. All
0: right. I really enjoy how uh, now I've only unfortunately only seen them on the screen, but your, uh-huh. your paintings, but I just without looking at the dimensions and I find this a, a lot of times. But um, that especially with yours that you almost can't tell, like some of the small nine by 12 could be 60 by 60 depends on. Yeah. you know, Based on the composition, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, it's just like the handling of composition. I think that like it's really strong and kind of enjoyable. So, mm-hmm.
2: Thank yeah. You. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, that even happens to me sometimes. If I haven't seen a piece in a while, I, in my in my head it's much bigger, and then I'm like, "Oh, this is only sixteen by 16.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny, little little uh, illusion there on yeah. the screen. Yeah. So I'm just gonna jump into one of the uh, the questions I have here, and I was wondering what some of your first art experiences were like, and when do you feel like you got serious about it?
2: Well, let's see. My first the. <laughs> my first art experience, I have to say, I think I was probably four or five and I was drawing on the side of my parents, newly upholstered chair in the living room. Uh. <laughs> and I did this picture. It was a, it was a picture of a man, uh, and maybe something else. And I was so excited about it because I thought this is so good. Oh my God. Um, and I ran to tell my parents and show them. And then, of course, I got in a lot of trouble. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um,
2: But then also around the same age, I remember seeing my mother, um, who's not an artist, my mother drew a picture of a dog. Yeah. And she just did it. And I just was, it stayed with me, I think, forever. That I just thought it was so amazing that she could just produce this thing. Um, So, yeah, so I I just kind of always was drawing, and I did a lot of... um, I did a lot of stuff on with Mac Paint, like when I was when I was a kid, always messing around with that. Um, And then, high school, it was more. You know, I spent all my time in the art room in high school, but I was doing more um, jewelry making. Uh, My high school had this amazing, like we could do lost wax casting and all. They had like kind of incredible facilities. Um, So I was doing mostly that kind of thing and photography. Um, I, I had a, I had a dark room set up in my parents' house. My art teacher gave me an old enlarger, so I'm sure I'm going to have some kind of weird, like health issue from like, (laughs) you know, being in like an unventilated room with all these chemicals. Um, but yeah, then, um, but it wasn't, it was just something I did. I didn't really think of it as a, you know, a job or something you would pursue, um, and in fact, when it came time to apply to colleges, my art teacher asked if I had my portfolio together to apply to colleges. And I was like, well, what is, you know, what does art have to do with college? Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, but so I sort of threw that together. So, uh, and even still, when I got to college, I wasn't, I was taking all art classes, but what didn't declare myself an art major, um, yeah. eventually, uh, you know, eventually I did because it seemed sort of ridiculous, but, um, yeah. So then I ended up with a BFA in painting and photography. I didn't really start painting until college. And then, um, and then I And so my undergrad program was very conceptual, which, you know, I really at that time just wanted to learn how to paint. So I was, I was working figuratively and really just wanted to learn how to do it. And, so I got all this sort of conceptual art education. And then um, and then after school, I moved to New York and I went to New York Studio School. Um, I went for a year to just get my portfolio together to, you know, then apply to grad programs. And then while I was there, they launched, they started their MFA program. So um, it worked out really well. So I ended up staying on there for another two years. Oh, cool. Um did my m f a with them, and that program was incredible because I really learned about paint, form, you know looking um, just color everything um, yeah. and i saw that's when I stopped being a figure painter
0: <laughs> okay <laughs>
2: um because that because the school there at that time anyway was very very it was figurative in everyone was kind of working in a similar fashion, right yeah. and I sort of felt like I could never paint the figure again. Um, so I spent the first year kind of breaking down the figure and then, um, and then moved into the more, uh, more into abstraction.
0: Right. After. Now, uh, you said, um, did you, like you mentioned Julie before. Yeah. And do you feel like some of those say shapes or forms that you made in Julie, did they ever make their way into your paintings? Um,
2: I don't think so, Okay. actually. I mean, I know that the, um, yeah, I don't know that that had any kind of influence on the painting. I mean, the, the photography definitely did. I mean, I feel like that's where I developed my whole sense of composition and, okay. you know, interest in form and light. Um, but yeah, I've never thought about that with the jewelry, but I don't, I don't think so.
0: Yeah. I guess I'd have to see it. I was just curious about, cause I know there's a lot of uh the the elements in your say what i consider your top layer of paintings some some of the geometric forms or you know without seeing the jewelry, i i was just curious that's all yeah yeah but that's cool yeah actually you mentioned looking and that's kind of leading to my next question and like in your present day studio life what do you spend the most time doing looking making or thinking
2: i'd say when i'm in the actual i'm I'm always thinking I, uh, it's my, my studio time ends up being kind of spotty. Um, I have two kids yeah. and, you know, and then, and then have a part-time job, at least in theory, That sort of went away with COVID. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So whenever I'm not in the studio, I'm always kind of, I always have ideas in my head or I'm making sort of visual notes. Um, you know, maybe color combinations I see or a shape sometimes, you know, I'll snap pictures on my phone. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm sort of always mentally collecting things. And then when I get in the studio, um, I'm pretty good at actually being able to get right to work. Uh, so I'd say when I'm actually physically in the studio, it's probably, you know, it's probably 50, 50 looking and making, Um, and then I also do a lot of, uh, I, I write things down all the time in the studio and not in the studio. And, and a lot of those things end up becoming the titles of my paintings. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So, and that's just sort of words, memories, things I'm thinking of, um, whatever comes up.
0: No, I had, uh, something I've been doing recently on the podcast. I, I invite a previous guest to come up with a question. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, I invited Sarah Boyd's Yoder to come up with a question for you. Oh, great. Yeah. It's a couple parts. And, uh, she, she says that I see that in a lot of, a lot or most of your paintings, you paint on linen. Now, can you talk about that as a surface and how the different materials behave on it and what you love about
2: it? Yeah. Um, I love linen, um, and not just linen, but I do, I, it's a very kind of old school surface. Um, I do the, I do linen and then two coats of rabbit skin glue and then oil and then I oil prime the surface. Um, and the, the linen, I love the, and whoa. Well, and then I've, I've been doing, um, I like the linen now over stretched over panel. Yeah. Which, you know, I just want to make it as expensive as I possibly can for myself.
0: <laughs> Why
2: not? <laughs> um, but yeah, I just love this surface so much. I love the, um, I kind of can't stand canvas. I can't stand gesso. Like I wish like I've been, you know, people give me a hard time for using the rabbit skin glue sometimes, but I just, I haven't been able to find something comparable to it. Yeah. Um, So it's, I also love, I leave the edges, I tape the edges so that then at the end you have that, I like, I love that it's like that sort of off color, um, like beige color of the linen rather than, you know, stark white. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, it just feels, and I love using like portrait linen. Um, It just, uh, yeah, it's just, I'm just in love with the surface Um, and the oil primer too, like the whole sort of, the combination of like the, the linen, the rabbit skin and the the oil primer it turns it, it it's very organic and it it kind of breathes, you know it's um, it really becomes like skin or something it's 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 really nice. yeah, I, I would love to find an alternative. I just some of these new ones um my boyfriend just got um, is in is in film and he just brought home all this um, muslin that was gonna be thrown thrown away off of a set. so I just yeah stretched a bunch with muslin, um, actually over a couple giant canvases he found on the side of the road too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is great. Um, so yeah, so I'm trying the muslin too, which I like so far, but it's a little, it's, it's not as sturdy as the linen. Um, cause I, I pretty, I, I beat the canvases up a fair amount. I mean, I do a lot of scraping and, and squeegee and, um, not as much like knife stuff, but um, yeah, the muslin might be a little too delicate for me. But we'll we'll see.
0: Do you stretch the muslin as well over a panel, or or yeah, is could so hear yeah, it? Yeah, oh, okay.
2: that, that would have to be over a panel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so otherwise, I would just I would destroy it immediately. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, it kind of, it's inter- interesting that you say organic because it was sort of uh, leads into my next question. And I feel like your paintings look very organic and like technique. And I just can imagine what, you know, it would be cool to see a process video or something
2: Mm -hmm. to see
0: how it happens unless it's supposed to remain like a secret and mystery, which is fine. But
2: (laughs) no, I mean, Uh, basically it's funny. I, um, in terms of process, like I, I don't start out with a, an idea. Um, I do a lot of painting over, things. Um, but I'll have, and I work on a lot of things at once. So I'll have like a whole wall of, um, of things up that I'm working on or just looking at. Um, and you know, I think like most people, I hate the blank canvas. So I always just want to get something down as soon as possible. And then, um, and then I paint over it and then I squeegee and then I paint over it again. And then I just keep, I just, it's just sort of a process of back and forth between, I guess, creation and destruction and, um, you know, showing thing, hiding, you know, exposing things and then concealing them and then bringing a little more out. And I love the, I love, you know, the, the history that builds up. And I love, um, I love being able to see these, to see bits from earlier iterations.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and it's, you know, sometimes if a painting happens very fast, I um, I don't, it, which is stupid, but I don't really trust it. Like I really want there to be that sort of like devastating surface almost, you know, like that's yeah. just, the this thing has been like fought for and built and has kind of emerged out of this like, you know, mud or grueling. I I mean I you know what I mean? Like
0: like a cosmos <laughs> if that, yeah, goes, that like, comes um, into my mind.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, yeah, I really enjoy the compositions and uh do you ever say is a formula ever like rigid where one day you work on one layer and not that you know ahead of time, but at the end of the day can you say, Okay, that layer's done and tomorrow I'm gonna put a a some a, a series of triangles on top of that? uh, like in, like in hindsight, does it happen that way? Like, does that come across as a translator? I
2: mean, not, not really. And I tend to, um, I, I, I never, I don't ever wait for things to dry. Um, I just, I just paint, I just kind of keep going into it. And I think because I do that, I, you know, the paintings, I think what, you know, when I know they're done, it's, when there's been some kind of transformation has happened where, I mean, number one, I know what they're about. And then two, something happens where the, it's, it ceases to become paint on a surface. It, yeah. it becomes again, almost like skin or like a, a like a living thing. Um, and I've started the last couple of years, I've started bringing in some spray paint, um, which I had, you know, I've had mixed feelings about because you know, this, the spray paint mark, carries so much, um, it's such a cliche in so many ways. Right. And it's, you know, the reference to street art, which, you know, I love, but isn't my thing, you know, like in terms of what I make. And, um, so, but it's been, but it's great in terms of getting a first layer down of just drawing marks. Like I love it as a different kind of mark and then I paint over it. And then I'll also do spray paint on top of wet oil paint, which, you're absolutely not supposed to do, (laughs) you know, it like cracks and like bubbles and does all this weird stuff. Um, but I love it because then you can like, I'll often like draw into it with my finger even. And it just, the spray paint, like it just kind of peels off again. Like keep referencing skin, but like, it's, it's just this, it just becomes this like, yeah, it's like primordial ooze, you know, it's like digging these images and stuff out of this, this, um, this, this mud it's I love it um yeah (laughs) yeah
0: would you call it visual alchemy absolutely yeah
2: yeah definitely
0: I think you mentioned memory earlier or memories Mm
2: -hmm. so that's
0: that's part of the imagery
2: yeah you know I just was thinking about this I've been trying to put together I try I like to do a statement for every show that I every solo show anyway that I have about the work and so I've been thinking about this a lot and Um, the, I feel like this work is less memory based than my work in the past. Like the, um, my favorite part about painting and certain paintings is that I can be, I can be working and, you know, and then I know what it's, you know, then I know what it's about. Like suddenly, you know, there was one painting, um, just some shape or some color combination. Suddenly it will, it will evoke some memory, something from childhood will come up that I had completely forgotten about. Um, You know, one painting is called Nellie Plummer, like suddenly just this weird shape and the color and something about the posture of this shape. I was like, oh my God, this is, um, Nellie Plummer was my dad's secretary. (laughs) (laughs) When I was a kid, he, my dad was a Dartmouth professor and sometimes he would make the mistake of bringing me with him (laughs) to his office. And I would get in a lot of trouble. I would just kind of drink coffee and put a ton of sugar and coffee made in there. And, you know, one time I like painted all the keys of his typewriter with, with white out and was like prank calling the operator. But anyway, Nelly would sort of, um, he would have to go teach and, you know, Nellie would kind of keep an eye on me. And, um, you know, I hadn't thought about this woman in 25 years or God, maybe probably even longer. Um, and suddenly this image just was sort of like the essence of Nellie Plummer. Um, So that in terms of memories, I I love that. I love when, um, or like two, you know, two colors together or a shape that keeps repeating. I always talk about this, you know, I had this bathing suit when I was five. That was a hand-me-down from my sister. And I just loved this bathing suit because, you know, it was my sister's and it just, I just felt very grown up in it. And there are these two colors. It's like a teal and a red that anytime they come together, it brings up this, this bathing suit. Um, so I love, you know, I love the the power of color and shape to kind of bring up these things that are all, you know hidden in the deep recesses of our minds. Um, it's cool, but yeah, but this this work feels less um, less memory oriented. Uh, and you know and, and sometimes the memories sometimes are very, very specific, like,, um, you know, When I, you know, my cat ran away when I lived in Colorado and I was out hiking through the foothills trying to find the cat and I didn't find the cat, but I found a sleeping coyote and then I, you know, I figured out what had happened to my cat. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Uh, but, no. but, But that, but that experience or that memory came up in some random painting, some like weird, you know, branchy shape and a spot of red or something. Um, But yeah, some very specific memories that would come up. Um, This body of work seems to have that less like these paintings, the paintings in this show, you know, they're all from the last two or three years. And these ones feel much more kind of psychological or more kind of emotion based or um, I don't want to say trauma based, but Uh like, um, yeah, they they feel more like um, psychological landscapes or, you know, states of mind.
0: I was going to ask you if they were psychological because it somehow translates, you know, I shouldn't say somehow it does (laughs) for sure. Yeah. And I'm just like, and then you mentioned, uh, I'm trying to think what you, uh, I think you, how did you say landscapes? Did you say psychological Uh, landscapes? Psychological landscapes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I feel like they're, they're like a part of it to me is like they're mysterious environments. And it's just some notes I made and I feel like the key elements are inviting and welcoming because I get the sense that the journey is already somewhere the viewer and including myself have wanted to do like I show mm-hmm. up and it's as ominous as some of the backgrounds can be with say figure ground and all that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it doesn't seem tumultuous. It actually seems like space exploration or something in a way. Yeah. you know. Well,
2: and And some of them are very happy and you know, some and funny and you know, yeah. like I like work, I like paintings that don't take themselves too seriously, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've made paintings about, you know, my lunch. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so it kind of runs the gamut. Um, they, you know, I like funny, weird, for sure.
0: Yeah. It's a nice duality because the technique seems, even from the start, seems so traditional. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, imagine some of it, maybe not uh, textbook glazes, but there's like a scumble and then and what have you on top of one another, mixing the, mixing the paint and everything. And it just seems yeah. like like a, like a healthy excuse to like, just put material on a, on a surface and boom, there's an image, <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah. Well, kind of and thing. also the, you know, the surfaces are so, I mean, this is like how the Renaissance painters, like this is, a, you know, these, this is the surface that they use too. Like it, it yeah. is interesting to have that juxtaposition of this kind of very old school thinking, um, you know with regard to space and form and color and technique and then um and then to just get weird with it you know yeah (laughs)
0: um i also wrote some other things down and i just i feel like with some of the visual language it's just they're speaking different languages but the message is clear kind of like hearing different conversations simultaneously that add to the total experience uh and like an example like say uh or like bird songs in concert and how they make up the morning, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. That, um, I like that because a lot of the, um, what I'm trying to express an experience or convey a feeling or something, I am I'm, I'm very interested in what I'm interested in, in about memories is how sort of malleable they are. You know, you can, um, there's so many different layers and, you know, sometimes people still give me a hard time about like, why don't you paint the figure anymore? I'm like, you know, this isn't how I can say what I want to say. I love figure painting. But yeah. um, it's the idea that, you know, you something there's an experience and then you have your memory of the experience and then there's someone else's memory of it. And then there's someone telling you about the, that experience. And the whole thing has become its its own living breathing organism and it's impossible to say what the actual experience was right so i love that idea of all these different conversations at once because that's actually why i work the way i work because i i'm interested in this idea of getting at all the different layers and perspectives of a single thing you know alluding to all these things within one image yeah you know and through this building up of layers and bringing in different shapes and types you know graphic versus like this like weird more atmospheric stuff um you know when i like if i start to recognize i still actually i still very much think of myself as a figure painter and even as a narrative painter yeah, and right. um you know but something i feel like i'm better able to tell the story if i can by bringing in all these there is no one image in my mind of a story, right? It's all these different, all these different layers. And if I, if, while I'm working, I start to, to think of something as something too specific. Like if I start to see either a figure or a teapot or a dog, you know, if I start yeah. to think of something as a thing, then I have to destroy it because then it stops me, you know, cause I don't want to, I'm not interested in illustrating anything. Right. So if I start, thinking of something as a thing, it prevents the whole, the painting from moving forward.
0: I'll jump to my three to five words question. And I was wondering if you have three to five words to describe your work. Now that can be the body of work or a specific painting or.
2: Yeah, um, three to five words. So, I mean, definitely psychological landscape. Yeah. um, Storytelling, excavation and then color and surface
0: yeah cool yeah i have a couple of words
2: okay
0: all right so we have figure ground which i mentioned before i'm just Mm -hmm. really really interested in and enamored with the the layering you know and technique and all and Mm -hmm. uh and welcoming and multilingual
2: Mm, i like that one
0: yeah which i I think points to the, like, you know, conversations happening simultaneously, I guess Mm -hmm. that I said earlier, kind of for me. So that, that was interesting. So, uh, it's been a nice journey and I have another question. Okay. If there was one person from history that you would like, would have liked to have had a conversation with, who would it have been? Or it can also be someone who's still with us.
2: Um, I really wish I could have met Alice Neal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, she's, she's kind of the reason I paint. I'm so in love with her work. And, um, you know, I think with, you know, in her figure paintings, she really gets at the kind of essence of things that I'm trying to get at too, like this, this sort of emotional content and this, this, I don't know, her kind of awkward lines and Making something so real that isn't you know what I mean, like like taking liberties to make something more real than what's actually seen,
1: yeah,
2: um, but also she just seemed like such a badass, I mean, uh, you know, I would love to just like have a glass of whiskey with her and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, just talk about all of it, you know the. Painting, people, relationships, kids, you know, not kids. Like I like all of that um, I yeah. think should be really interesting. I'd also really wish I could meet Forrest Bess. <laughs> okay. Because um, he just seems like, you know, he had some crazy ideas. I would love to also have a glass of whiskey with Forrest Bess. Yeah, yeah. And uh, pick his brain on some stuff.
0: Nice. Um, and... I almost forgot my quote question. Do you have a quote you would like to share?
2: Oh, um, I mean, not really. But I was thinking about this. The someone said this to me, and it was actually said to me with regard to having children. But I love it, and I think it applies to painting. Um, the line is: the resistance to, to the disturbance is the disturbance. Oh. <laughs> right. Oh, so. I when you apply that to kids, it's like, you know, whatever plan you have, they're going to turn it upside down. But I think it's, you know, I think it's the same with painting. I think it's, and anything in life, really. I mean, if you try to control things too much, it's just not going to go your way. Like being able to be allowing yourself to just kind of let things happen the way they're going to happen and to kind of trust in the, the order of things and see what happens and, and be surprised. And, um, take chances, I think. So I don't know who I can credit that to, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the universe.
2: <laughs> you know, yeah, the, the universe.
0: I'm not sure if I did this at the top of the interview, but I wanted to congratulate you on your show. Oh, thank you. And at the front, correct?
2: Yep, it's the front, uh, 131 Christie Street on the Lower East Side. Um, yeah, the opening is going to be on December 8th. And then I will I may do something there on the 15th also, but I haven't quite decided. It's the oh, cool. Lower East Side Gallery night where everything stays open later. So. Oh, on I the 15th? To, on the 15th, yeah. I might try to, uh, I don't know. I'd love to do uh, some kind of music event or, I don't know. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Aftermath is the title.
2: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Aftermath, uh yeah this again so all of the work in this show is from the last two or three years and it's really all the and I was saying earlier that the work is less about memory this time it's more about psychological states and I think really it's just the processing everything the aftermath everything that's come out of you know these last two or three years where everything has been turned upside down yeah um you know with covid and I, I mean our whole relate relationships friendships our community like everything just changed and you know dealing with this isolation dealing with all this anxiety um yeah the work is i i started doing these um i will have some of the drawings in the show too during the lockdown i started making all these gouaches. as like i i I couldn't even really get go to the studio because i just felt too weird but i was just making all i was kind of putting all this anxiety into these into these um works on paper, which was amazing. And I have so many of them and they're, and they're now, now they've come closer together with the the paintings and they're kind of feeding off of each other. But yeah, I mean, it's sort of like the, I mean, painting is a way for me to, to process everything. Right. Yeah. And so I sort of take my, my like, whatever it is, if it's, if it's trauma or anger or, you know, happiness or something, and I, you know, kind of churn it out and then, it, it, be, it eventually becomes one of these paintings and I've been thinking them as sort of like, it's like the paintings are like, what's left after everything, like, you know, like your, your coffee grinds or like the hair in the bathtub drain or like the chalk outline of a body. If someone's been murdered, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like this distillment um, of the experience or the feeling um so that's where the title comes from and that um yeah i it's i'm excited to see all the work up and and um together in one place
0: right that's cool
2: yeah well yeah thanks so much for having me
0: sure yeah thank you for being on it's really great and uh yeah and everyone out there go see that show (laughs) if you can make it (laughs) no excuses no excuses Um, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And again, if you are in the New York City area on December 8th, check out Becky Yazdan's solo show, Aftermath at the Front Gallery, New York City. More info at frontgallerynyc.com or at beckyyasdan.com big thanks to Becky Yazdan for making the time in her busy pre-install week to sit and talk with me and thanks also to Sarah Boyd Yoder for adding her question to the mix This has been Oddcast I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon Thanks for listening and keep the dialogue going Okay, wait, wait, wait Let me ask you this Define abstract art Oh, come on. Okay, here's a better one. What does this painting mean? I'm getting nowhere with this. Forget it. Hotcast <laughs> Home is A H T T A S T dot com. Thanks again. Sounds like the party's over, but you can still stay connected. Otcast Audio is on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. And now on Google Podcasts. Otcast Social on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Let's not forget about Instagram. Thanks for tuning in.